Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, Ian McGarty of Silver Boulet joins me to discuss their company's latest Kickstarter, Fire in the Mole. This is an MCC adventure delivered up fresh. As of the dropping of this podcast, you have 10 days to ensure you get a copy. Feel free to throw some coppers in my Patreon hat. As long as you feed the hat, it won't eat my brains. The Geiger Counter's readings are starting to climb. Sisters and brothers, it's time to get rambling. Hello, Ian. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great having you on. Uh, had, had reached out to me. You have a, a Kickstarter happening. And what I thought was interesting is it's a meet and crawl classic um, Kickstarter. And I started thinking about the number of people that I have on my on my podcast. I think the meet and crawl classic people went out. And I'm not really sure how that is. I, I kind of scratched my head. It's not like I am uh, have a meet and crawl classics podcast or that I run around meet and crawl classic circles. And I only play meet and crawl classics only in, uh, you know, at conventions. But uh, but I, I find it's kind of fun that for whatever reason, <laughs> maybe because one guy started, everybody else says, "Hey, I, uh, me too." But anyway, it's it's, it's fun. Meet and crawl classics is a fun game system, and uh, so you have both a Kickstarter fire in the in the mole, and yeah, then you see. also have your uh, is it uh, fantastic geographics. Yeah, so yeah, it was the latest thing we put out was uh, two zines, uh, Fantastic Geographic, issue one and two, aptly named. Uh, but those are multi-system, um, so they're, they're, they're fun. Uh, lots of random charts. Uh, one of my pe- people at GameholeCon who had read it came up to us and said, "There's a I love the, ran- is there a horse available chart? Because there's just a random chart that says like, all right, this is the kind of size town you're in. Is there a a horse could be available and then you could you know the die roll will determine it so the dm was like it took the pressure off of having to like make up a stable i'm just like nope there's one horse <laughs> over there the, so so lots of stuff like that that uh, that's just pretty pretty immediately usable and fantastic geographic has um advent a fair amount of adventures in between both issues uh and that are uh easy you know one to two night kind of runs that you could drop into any any campaign for the most part yeah it seemed like it seemed like it was truly a zine because it looked like uh i just kind of flipped through there uh a little bit last night but i you know she has some essays from people like skeeter green um you have i saw the city it looks like you're is it the same city that you're adding a little bit of locations here and there to yeah so we had written this is a couple years ago we had written all these urban 5e adventures um, and we're like, we couldn't figure out how to format them and what to do with them. And then uh, we kind of happened across the the zine format and we're like, this would be perfect for it because each one is a little vignette adventure. So one of them, you're like, uh, to, you're, you're trying to rescue this kid by dealing with a corrupt magistrate while these gangs are also trying to uh, get into, in on it too because the kid is the only heir to, to property everybody wants kind of thing so that one's like a little they're thinking adventures they're they're not the sort of adventures with the, with those using that uh redstone map that was a Alyssa faden map that we got um 
that. Uh, okay. I've also noticed it seemed like there was some MCC, some DCC. It looks like, like you said, some stuff just seemed to be, uh, it just seemed like kind of a potpourri where people could just thumb through and be able to just pull out different things. It was like, if I recall correctly, like 64 pages. Yeah. I mean, it's, and we printed it like it's a nice print. Uh, so we say zine, but okay. I mean, it's, it's it, people, true zine creators with, you know, <laughs> black and white homemade books would, would gasp when they saw it but um but yeah i mean it's a, a heavy format is it stapled uh no this one is not stapled so okay it's, okay so they're they're, they're perfect bound uh perfect bound with uh and it's is that it's not eight and a half by eleven is it no it's uh it's it's a digest size so oh six by nine yep just about a four so oh you went a four okay yeah I, so where'd you where'd you get uh who printed that? Uh, just some some local people that we know. So, and so, I think we're gonna. So, for our current one, we're probably gonna use a uh, a company where I know a woman who works there through uh, Levi Combs, actually. Oh so, yeah, our, uh, down in Arkansas. Yeah, because they they've had good luck with the the module size. So, um, like I like that. What I, it's nice when you see buddies yours using a printer, and you're like, oh, this is turning out good. I like what I'm seeing. You know, you don't have to be the the test run for, for them, right? I, I've, you know, you talk about that digest size. I was for one of my future projects. I was thinking about going six by nine, and then when I uh, ran through Mixum, uh, there's it. It's a significant price increase to go from a five uh, five and a half by eight and a half to a six by nine, which made no sense to me. But then when I would move it up to a, um, but there's no price difference between six by nine and eight and a half by eleven, I'm like, they're just they're just using eight and a half by eleven and they're trimming it, <laughs> which is awful too because then it's not like <laughs> chances are it's not going to be trimmed nicely. It's perf unperfect or something. Yeah, I'm not so much worried about that, but it just it just all of a sudden made it be like six by nine is is unless you really are married to that to that um, to that format. You're not saving any money and if you're if it's the choice between you know if you're wanting to if you need a lot of uh a room you're better off going at least through mixum for that and i imagine some other printers may be different maybe the way they they carry their paper and what they run it through but yeah and we we haven't used mixum in any of our we, we've pretty much been able to stick to i mean our print runs are you know 250 300 tops so we can we've been able to stick to local printers without um feeling a huge burden of of price increase because of that yeah it's it's i've i i did had so so luck i did for another project i never really did hear back from them i need to probably pursue that again uh i that the arkansas uh people they i did contact them and they are very very like responsive like quick like they'll get you the right person. They will give you quotes quick. Uh, they're very seems like the customer service is pretty phenomenal. And there's a woman who works there who's a, a gamer, so she's like gonna look at it and be like, "Oh yeah, it looks like a mod." You know what I mean? Like she knows yeah. what she's looking at, uh, which makes a difference in this because a lot of times I don't know what you print and stuff, put stuff at places. They're like, "What the hell are you?" actually print <laughs> like, yeah. why what is this weird art what is this 
Well, uh, yeah, I imagine, I imagine if you, if you probably be at a place like mix and you're probably seeing all sorts of things that you probably wish you could unsee. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> you're just blind. That makes them blinders. Yeah. And just, Should I call the cops? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned to look at that spot on the ceiling and just <laughs> press the button. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the what, what killed me is not only were they a little more expensive, which is a big deal, but the shipping, and for whatever reason, Mixum was able to ship at fraction of the cost, and that you know it, that's what was difficult. But I believe uh, Levi says he just drives down, picks up. Where, yeah. where are you? Where are you out of? I'm in New Hampshire, so it's, there's not oh, much. Wow. But uh, Tulanian put me onto a, a guy locally. That's like, you know, same thing, like a 15 minute drive from my house, which I was like, Ooh, this is nice. Um, so there's, I, I, you kind of, that's how you find the good printers is you just kind of troll everybody, you know, and see who's had luck where and, and, and how it went. Well, right there, you're saving like $80 in shipping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, margins aren't like super <laughs> huge for this. <laughs> Well, the margins are great as long as I don't pay myself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, we know that one. We're like, and then every when we do get a profit, we're like, we should use this for art for the next thing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Okay, I think it was another podcast. It's like, or we were talking to somebody. It's just you pay for the shipping, you pay for all these things, and you think everybody's getting paid but me. <laughs> you got you you kept the copy for yourself, right? Oh yeah, no. It's it, in fact, what I, yeah. What I what I've actually been doing is, um, and it's not been bad. Uh, Gary's appendix actually did fairly well, um, and and Fan of the Fly got it. It's uh, it it did a little bit more than break even, uh, and I'm happy because it was it was just a crazy project. So the fact that anybody bought into it is like, you know, <laughs> I think. That, but I think you were close to like that sweet spot for backers. I mean, if you can get yourself you know 400 ish consistently you're going to make a, a little bit yeah um, it uh what helped was going if it wasn't for zach going saying uh i think this needs to be a hard uh hardback i didn't he was wanting to just go fully hardback i'm glad well maybe even better if i didn't but or did but um but if 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 i hadn't gone hardback i i think i would have not i would have barely broke even so so i don't know i don't know but anyway, it was, but sometimes you just got to do those projects. You just don't know. I'm sure with your fantastic uh, geographic, it's just like, we're going to do a thing. Oh, did you, you went to Kickstarter with that one though, didn't you? Yeah, we kickstarted that just to cover our printing costs and uh, like it was, it worked pretty well. So uh, we, we so sold out did... of our first print run actually at that, like one of the ones I was whole showing you one, but like I said, that one's, that one's mine. I'm keeping did, that one. Did you, uh, but the question is, did you um, have it all done before we went to Kickstarter, except for the um, Yeah, so usually we are, but by the time we go to Kickstarter, our manuscript is always, like, done, unless something egregious is discovered or, uh, God forbid, edit, some editing snafu, which hasn't really happened. But um, so our manuscript is done, and we've usually entered layout, and we're gathering art. Um, by the time we, I mean, we're getting better and better at it. So like the one that's currently kickstarting, I think I'm waiting on two or three pieces of art and then it's finished. So that'll be. You're, you're getting better at having it more complete when you go to Kickstarter, where you're getting better at. I think just uh, like more quickly assembling those things, getting better at being like by the time we're going to Kickstarter, there's very little left to do. Like we're just assembling projects faster. 
Yeah, that that eliminates a lot of stress. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of stretch goals, but Rocky kind of pressured me to put them in, so I put unrealistic money expectations on them, which maybe wasn't the best of Kickstarter strategies. But eh, it's like I don't really want to do these parts, but I mean, I would, but I, I don't know. In a perfect world, maybe. So what was a crazy? So what was a crazy high um, goal but, that you would have done? I think we put it like a art art book because we have a lot of room art, like specific. Because um, it's, you know, it's like Gamma World, yeah. classics is post-apocalyptic, crazy science stuff. Um, so there's there's a bunch of room picks where it looks like, you know, a door's eye view kind of thing of the room. Oh, yeah, a room. At first I said rune. Yeah, uh, Levi did that. I've noticed when when playing at Game Con with the, uh, he's done that with some of his adventures where he'll, not only in the book, but he'll pull off the art like they did with Expedition of Air Peaks. I think, and I think all of us who played those early modules that had that sort of thing were all like that was one of the best parts was the pick reveal by the the DM. You know, you're like, oh, like it looks like that, like it's you know shocking in the basement somewhere uh, that, that that little black and white pick could inspire so much. But you know, I, that's the feeling I still want to try to hit at the table. Yeah, and that's that's hard because it's uh, it's definitely. Um... That can get, you know, and rightly so, but, you know, when you're dealing with art, it can be pretty, it can get pretty, pretty, um, pretty costly. But if you're, if you're funding it through uh, stretch goals and why not? Yeah. So it, it turns out like we, we had a couple by Tim Burns art pieces. We didn't, we wouldn't have enough for a book at this point, but, and then I, I took, did two more uh room ones that was what i was chatting with ed bickford about was shading one of them too so i was like look this looks great he's like yeah now you should shade it like this and just like waved his magic art wand over it it was like my god like what how did you do that you know it's moments later i'm still scratching my head <laughs> debating my next pen stroke and he so so but that's someone who's extremely skilled you know that they've done it a lot well it's kind of like my son you know uh learning to drive uh it's just that you know i explained to him is is with all the siblings it's like you're driving uh is you're having to think about every single aspect of driving and the same thing with the art it's like you know you're starting you're just you know it takes a lot of concentration or later on it's just like somebody can just watch tv and just be like doodling and you're like how do you do that <laughs> Yeah, he was he was likely like texting on on the phone or something. <laughs> like, was like, I tried a little shadow here, a little shadow. I think he in particular as art style has um, like a mastery of shading and shadow that um, I, I think goes un unrecognized often. That he is able to like truly produce some depth in his art. Right. So which which is why I asked him. I was like, hey, if you were gonna shade this, what? How would you change what I did? He's like, I wouldn't do anything that you just did. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so not only would i not change i wouldn't change a thing because i wouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah anybody explained why and what he did you know was able to it's like give me a call and, and talked it through i think that's that's the nice thing about even the, the rpg community is you, you can kind of talk to people and bounce ideas off them and and uh and hopefully get some feedback or maybe some some knowledge they've learned yeah, and I think there's it is definitely a right. It's a pretty small. It seems like a pretty well community, but also 
uh, you're not a threat to him. So it's <laughs> no, I'm, my art wise, I'm not. A threat yeah, to him. exactly. Like you're going to say, oh, now that I learned this secret technique, I'm going to take away all your work. <laughs> no, and that was and those were a, a stretch for me, like still life rooms. They came out pretty pretty great though. I was happy with them. Um, but so we've got you know half a dozen rooms that are sketched out. Like, oh, that's art, fine. Art style. Yeah, so it's, it'll be it makes a difference. We tried a, a different sort of layout for this adventure too, in that like we're really trying to make it uh, DM friendly. So we took my high resolution map and have broken down the rooms above the description or right next to the description. So when you're looking and running it, you can see the room you're talking about uh, right next to all the information. Yeah, a la OSE. Yeah, very much so, a la OSE. And then we've added the art assets like right there too. So you'll see you know, the appropriate monster picture or the appropriate robot picture with, with the said room. Yeah. It's fun how, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, different, different uh, things come up, different products and they do things a different way and everybody kind of, you know, I mean, not ape it, but they'll, they'll take aspects of it. And it's, it's a constantly evolving process because I think we all realize it's, it's we still, there's no magic formula for, yeah. conveying information no there, there definitely isn't i think and it's i mean it's look at how far it's come from just like textbook style walls of text to, yes <laughs> but but i think for for me at least at this like age and experience and in, in gaming like i want an adventure that i can just pick up and go if i really need to like sure it's great when you get the time to read it ahead of time but does that always happen like i've i've definitely <laughs> You know, in the past, both, where you're like, you clearly didn't finish reading the whole adventure and you, you know, you let them like do something irreparable to the adventure. Yeah, exactly. yeah. like, oh, no, <laughs> we never should have talked to that guy. <laughs> like, yes. like, he is the vampire lord. Oh, sheesh. But like, it's, you know, that's, and that's kind of what we're trying to eliminate is, is some of that panic that you can quickly get the information, know what's going on. Um, yeah and i've i've tried my hand a little bit of adventure writing not much i just realized i'm not that great at it <laughs> i think like anything it's like you just need to keep doing it so yeah it helps i found to like have a writing partner or partners that are willing to just kind of spitball ideas with you they're always way better when when you, someone tells you parts of it that are stupid and parts of it that are good, I think <laughs> lets you lets you bounce it around. Yeah, because it's very easy, you know, to write something to think you're being very clever, but then someone else reads it or you run it and you're like, they figured it all out. You're like, yeah, too too clever for your own good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's the guy he's wrapped in the carpet. They'll they'll never get this riddle, and then yeah, right off, someone's like, yep, got it. <laughs> it's like yeah i read the same book or i saw the same show or whatever it may be uh that's uh but no it, there definitely is I, I i do much better creating situations than i do actual i think probably when i run stuff i i tend to run things that are more um situational uh rather than prescriptive you you've played a lot of traveler too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, uh, not for a long time. Coriolis is is one, which is it's pretty much traveler, so you can just say traveler. And um, but also, uh, I did like a hack on Blades in the Dark, which is another one. And so those are kind of more like 
a situation comes up and the mechanics are kind of set up on some of those. Well, not so much Coriolis, but you know, well, the basic Coriolis, I just did a sandbox. I just, what I just did was ran some jobs, let people pick, um, let them do a thing. They usually, you know, they usually did something to make somebody mad. Maybe somebody makes somebody happy. And I just keep track of all those people. And I just put those people in the next like two or three sessions those people will show up again. So um, that way it's just, uh, it, it worked for a while, but um, that works out better for me. But as far as trying to write out a dungeon, I don't know. That's hard. Yeah. I don't, I, I kind of start with a map. I think, I think Rocky works, works the other way too, is that he has like this picture in his mind. Um, so it's you're trying to sometimes turn that into a map is, is, you know, takes some like, hey, wait a minute. This has got to, got to be shifted, or this isn't quite right. It needs to be, that doesn't quite fit. <laughs> but yeah, and it's you know, because when I did the one for Fane, the the dungeon, it is a dungeon, yeah, but it's not necessarily like a dungeon proper. But I also found that having having a a dungeon laid out helped me to all. So even I had part of it written. Seeing it also helped me continue to write it. And even my newest version of Journey of the Madlands I'm working on, sketching out a map as I go is also changing how I'm writing and how I'm writing is changing, you know, the map. So, um, you know, eventually it's starting to gel, but it seemed like for a while there I worked back and forth and everything just seems kind of chaotic. Is that same for you or do you guys generally work in a fairly linear fashion? Uh, it can be. So, so we generally go to an, an idea. To, so like Creeping Cold was... I pitched an idea to Rocky and he's like, all right, it sounds good, but this is what it, and we started making an outline and kind of broke up our writing from there. Um, the mutant call classics are all things that I wrote, um, but, you know, same thing. I usually get an idea and then I often get a map and then I match the two together uh, and, and make them work. So the, the, I have a, a slew of these mutant call classics ones that are all, I was for some reason during COVID, I was really obsessed with drawing maps of and pictures of Quonset huts and isometric map tiles. So I don't, I don't know what, what you know what inspired that, but Quonset huts apparently did this described it. So that's what was, you know, looks like half a Coke can, yeah, stuck in the oh, ground. Yeah. That notoriously leaky, and just like, you know, I, I think they're meant for the desert, but they they got used in quite different places. I think probably the '60s. Yeah, I think they were not meant for permanent use, but but I I I liked the look of them, so I had I created a bunch of those for um, Mutant Call Classic Adventures, where uh, these monkey scientists were doing all sorts of crazy experiments. Those crazy monkey scientists. Yeah, <laughs> give the monkey science and look what they do. <laughs> <laughs> the because uh, I tried my hand at isometric, and I I got myself so. Um, my head hurt so much and I got myself so turned around. I, uh, my eyes kept flipping the the image, even though I was working on it. I, I couldn't, I was having a hard time. I, I've definitely found myself like mesmerized and lost in an asymmetric <laughs> map where you're like, <laughs> like <laughs> caught between planes. Like, I don't know where, like, wait, was that the wall? Wait, wait a minute. And you're just stuck sort of lost. I've had that happen before. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, like you, like you stare at the sun too long kind of thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it can it can be that way. So I've I've given up on as far as that. What I've been doing is uh, I've been using Incarnate, Incarnate uh, for lately. But my plan is I just sketching it out. Then my idea is going to be you know uh, I'm not a photographer, so I'll end up to find somebody that uh, properly do it once I get that done. But at least with in Incarnate, you can kind of make a decent looking map. Yeah, really you can. Easy. I think they have. I think they have commercial license too, but I don't. They do, um, and a person could definitely, like, get, if you knew what you're doing, them. you could do it. But I, I think for me, it's much better to just say, "This is what I really like," but I want to find somebody that's got a style to, you know, not I, look like an incarnate map. I I've, I find that too that like really even with art styles, like you want to have the, a style that matches throughout. And you want to find a map that matches that style throughout yeah. so that it's like all got that same vibe when you're looking at it. Um, I think that was the benefit of the the zine format, right? Is I'm like, all right, well, we're we're sick of this format. Let's switch to a new art style and a new, <laughs> new different looking map and uh, that kind of stuff, which is freeing to do that so so quickly in one product. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but and the in the. It it is. So I guess the question is: So how many of these uh, the Fantastic Geographics you just plan on doing these indefinitely? I I think so. We had at least four um, like planned, and we were like, oh well, timing. We'll try to do it. I, obviously, we're like, we'll do this quarterly. So we're like, all right, that'll be, you know, one and a quarter of two years. We'll do. It. So we'll do uh, at least at least two more. Uh, likely likely more after that because we just have ideas. Um, that are floating out there. Lots of shorter stuff with that, that didn't have homes. Uh, this is a lot of like our work and file, random stuff that we like thoughts that we had that we wanted to turn into something. So I think it's, it's a fun playground for me. Like I, I got to write a Morkborg adventure. Uh, I got to, you know, that like do a little bit of like post-apocalyptic crawl stuff. I got to do a 5e. Like it's, it's nice to be able to creatively jump from, from world to world like that. Like I, I quite enjoy it. Well, and then that's now the expectation of it too. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. Right. Cause you said, this is what it is now. If you, if you say, you know what, we're just going to do all of this for the next issue and all of something else, the next issue, people be like, what? And it's like, now it's like, it's been established and whoever's buying it, I'm whoever, whoever bought issue one, then bought issue two. You know, they're probably not expecting issue three to to, to be that same. Uh, and, we know, that... and we do try to hit like every sort of major group. Like we try to make sure there's a like an OS system in there. We try to make sure that there's, um, you know, one of the a, a crawl capable system for all the Goodman folks. So we try to make sure there's a 5e in there. Uh, for maybe you ought to pick up. Maybe you ought to. I think what. There's a fellow I knew. This is this is kind of a jump, but I'll I'll come back around. So I used to sell um, a photography at a farmer's market in a town nearby. It was actually it was it was not just a farmer's market. It was pretty elaborate. But there's a guy next to me who was so talented, and he'd get tired of doing a thing. He'd do a different thing. So he started doing ch chainsaw um, carvings. I kid you not, he carved an ear of corn and it sold. <laughs> I 
I, well, it, it, there's a reason, but anyway, it's, it's, but I told him what you really should be doing is carve something that you think won't sell. Just to see if it's <laughs> <laughs> like, is it possible? So maybe you got all these systems, maybe you ought to just throw in something like crazy, you know, like in a system that's no longer around or whatever. Like a, an adventure for, don't tempt me. Cause I, I mean, I have notes on stuff for like, I'll put an original Ghostbusters West End games. Yeah. 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 Just something just like the- File the serial numbers off just, just enough. Yeah, you know, exactly. For your ghost friendly D6 based game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I think that would be fun because you're already in saying we're in we're in the land of eclectic. We're in the land of of you know of of variety. Um that might be a fun thing too, just to throw in a little something. A dead dead system. I should pull I should do a poll for to see which dead system <laughs> I likely which which what, what necromancy are you unleashing here? Please Please no Bushido. That would be too the, just too much too much crunch. <laughs> well, I think you could also even do like an homage to it without really like like maybe not homage, but um, even just a supplementary article wouldn't have to be uh, too crazy. But yeah, I've that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, you'd have to find. I think that we we could probably count on on our hands the number of folks out there who could write a, a cogent article on machine at this point i remember seeing it in dragon issue i remember loving seeing that but i have never picked it up and i've never i've never read it i've i i don't know of a per i'm sure they're out there i i spent a lot of lonely hours as a you know a preteen Making making Bushido mapping out Bushido flight fights with like just like index cards with the next moves. That, <laughs> but I I think I think that was uh I'm I'm in the few that <laughs> yes did that. yes and that's what's that's what's hard. I mean it's kind of like it the it's like the GM sorrow too. It's like we all have those systems that we really love, uh, but we can never find anybody to put a run for. <laughs> Yeah, the the Mork board was was pretty fun to write too. That that I had a good time with that, and was able to stick a spaceship in a Mork board adventure, which I thought was just lovely. Yeah, and I think it's this. The, I've never played, not really read, but my understanding is it's a fairly simple system, and it it is probably very liberating that you can just kind of uh, do whatever. It's not like, you know doing something way out of line where people are going to say, Oh, that's just too crazy for Morkborg. Well, it's, and I did an interesting, it's like a, it's a tavern crawl essentially where you're, you're going into the tavern and like uh, trying to figure out what's going on, that there's, there's free beer being offered. You've heard. So you're going going to where there's. (laughs) And you're a college age and you got no money. (laughs) Well, the world's ending. It's Morkborg. So like the world's ending soon. You're just like, let's, you know, ride it out. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it like, the the first obstacle is getting through the line, uh, and it's it's really fun with players seeing what they some of them do to try to get past the lines. But and then it's like you could potentially just let them play forever, random rolling different bars with weird stuff, different rooms with th- weird stuff happening in them uh, in a bar. So it's from anything from a dark room with one dude with a candle reading, you know, the d- 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 very depressing poetry to to raucous rooms that are that are fun so that that was a a fun adventure to to play and run too 
Yeah, I think it's definitely a fun thing about some of the what was say lighter systems that it can allow you to to do that. I in my mind, I've not really sure how I would do it, but you know, I, I think I mentioned mentioned the podcast before. I think it would be kind of fun is to go back to like the the pulp uh, stories, real weird space or whatever ones that they have. They're just weird stories that just seem to I don't know, they're just just odd and uh, like make just scenarios where that's just it. It's, you know, the aliens have taken over, you know, they've, they're harvesting brains and, you know, there's this major factory and there's an uprising and you have to go do X, you know, and just, that would be the, the game. And then another time it would be something completely different. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do think playing uh, that like, that would be fun for a while. We were doing myself and some other, guys were doing we were all designers were doing like random runs where one of us would just be play testing something out which was a lot of fun uh but it's it's like anything gaming takes time but that i like the that's that could be the next uh adventure is a cyborg commando yeah <laughs> another terrible system but nate sims at game hole was like testing out his in- invasion earth um that was oh why am i blanking it's it's a hack master same people who made hack master so it's uh kenzer and company thank you sorry i was connecting all the dots yeah. in my head uh but it it looks it was fun like i played with the kids and it was a blast it was just that aliens coming down to to, to suck your brains and, and you're defending in, in power armor with laser guns it's, it's, it was <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it's just uh it's just it's just they're odd. I mean, it's just kind of like kind of much different than the how the the weird uh, comics. And I think they're you know they're if you look at like later eerie and creepy and House of Secrets, you know those just odd weird stories or you know that was kind of the the you know uh, the uh, progeny of that or the other direction. The, but anyway, it was just um, I guess they're the progeny, you know, where you could just play like House of Secrets. Yeah, you know, those it, are the storylines. You you definitely could like pick up some of the early, depending on your game system, right? Like grab an early Asimov's, grab an early like, and you would you'd have all your adventures right in one. That's that's it's a good 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 spot for source material is all that old stuff. The thing is that some of a good portion of if you go back far enough is in public domain. Yep. Yep. And so if the art, even if you were just to redo the art, at least you'd have that kind of laid out. So, so, so you and Rocky been, been, uh, been, uh, been, how long have you two been working on these projects? So, well, we had put out, so Rocky and I have sort of um, partnered business wise for what, maybe four ish years. Um, and we put out four or five years. I'm bad with with years, but we put out some stuff, and then like we put out an adventure and put out a couple little things. And Rocky um, was kind of slowed down for a couple of years with lung cancer, um, so I did um, a charity zine for him during that, which was called uh, Black Lung, um, and that so just to, to raise some cash for him. And that that did pretty good. I, I sold out all of those and and moved them well. Um, and then he's been, we kind of slowly worked back in. He had done, um, and he was feeling better. He'd done some layout for Greg Gillespie with some of his books and some other layout with Frog God. Um, and he's doing some for Skeeter Green now. 
but um, just some other side stuff that we'd always been working on. Um, and we finally, he's feeling better and we've been cranking stuff out since then. Well, that's pretty scary stuff. Yeah, it's, it was a, a lot. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a lot for me. I know he's feeling better cause he's like producing like, like he's like, I've got this great adventure, you know, all that, that excitement of, of creation is, is back. You can see the, the fire. Of, of some of those ideas can yeah i mean when you're, when you when you're younger you don't you know you're kind of looking forward to getting older but then when you get older you're like i didn't sign up for this stuff i, I didn't sign up for people dying of cancer i just like, yeah i didn't sign up for any of this it's like what's going on here it's like it's just uh but I, I, it's good to hear that he that that uh that he's doing better because that's just that's just the pitch for anybody yeah that's it, well i mean it's terrifying right like you're worried about it coming back and his oh. little little kids, like we both have, you know, school age children. It's like that. I could, I could not wish that on on someone to to have to deal with that. No, no, no. But anyway, at least at least things are looking better, and you've got a, a fire in the fire in the hole or a fire in the mole. That's our play on words. That one is, yeah. And it's not the my other trick is it's not really a mole; it's a possum. So it's a mutant. Or a mechano opossum hybrid lava explorer. It's this ah. giant cybernetic possum uh, made to dis- explore uh, geothermal vents and lava lava tubes. So it's it's a formidable foe that the the players have to exterminate when in that adventure. Uh, keeps so coming. Was it a, was it the? I I hope this is true. Um, but was it the invention of a, of a monkey scientist? Yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely invented by monkey scientists. This, okay. was, their, this was their strategy to to help map out the uh, the lava t- tunnels around the area. So that was that that was their exploratory strategy. Okay. Like, you think possums are cute? The twelve foot one with uh, you know cybernetic guns on it is not as cute. And you meet it in a dark Kwanzaa hunt. Yeah, it's even yeah, more it's- terrifying. For real, in a in a, a leaky dark concert hunt, <laughs> run, run by a shady AI, like yes. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. So, I mean, what's so you, you before you're talking about you know doing five uh, E adventures, uh, but now uh, so was there a, like a sudden shift to mutant crawl classics as far as your proclivities or what was what's the deal with that? So, I mean, so I, I've got, I've written a bunch of stuff for like Jim Wampler's Scientific Barbarian. Yeah. So like he has, um, I did like a whole slew of, of items. A lot of it pulled from my home campaign stuff. Um, it's it's a game that I run a lot. So I get a good play test field for it. And I, I get to try out my adventures in there a lot. Um, so it's, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, like post-apocalyptic and uh future game like you know like western game star wars was a big one for me uh traveler we played a, a lot of traveler oh you did so w- which version of traveler did you play uh multiple versions so uh the, the the probably the last one we played for a long time was the the mongoose uh release like re-release of all the little black books and uh a, a lot of that stuff but um, we played the Traveler New Era for a little bit we played <laughs> with 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 the, the adventures in the back of the novel. Like oh, that was pretty pretty sweet when I was a little kid finding that thing. Uh, but yeah, we we really 
we enjoyed the heck out of several traveler eras. Yeah, we played, I mean, back in the day we played the, it was the little black books consolidated into one big book with art. So, um, and then I've, uh, we used the hero system. Uh, I ran a bunch of that using the hero system. Traveler's deadly. Like it's, unless you're in power armor, you get shot at, you're in, in a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's a fail. They say it's a fail state. You, you know, combat. It is kind of weird. It's, it's it's hard. And I think <clears throat> that's something RPGs have always, well, always, well, I'll say, much have always grappled with is you know, it's like, it's like, it, you know, so much is focused on combat, and even where games like Traveler, you know, shouldn't be. Yet still, anything that's interesting you have is is related to combat. Yeah, well, yeah. Some of the tech shouldn't be. That's one of the reasons I I like mutant crawl classics. Is like, apparently, mundane items can can uh, be future teched up and and create you know an hour of fun for this group. Uh, you know, figuring it out that it's a vacuum cleaner or something stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's and they have a ball doing it. When they figure it out, they're like, "Oh my god, this makes so much sense!" Like they've you know like reverse engineered. The, yeah. you know some monkey scientist vacuum cleaner and it's, <laughs> it's evil monkey scientist <laughs> but uh it's yeah that's a lot of those games the, the the tech kit is often you know shields guns spaceships i like spaceships a lot personally but i just started thinking i don't know why my, my brain went off on this tangent but you you're you know the monkey scientist and I was thinking what would be kind of fun is is if 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 you were to determine who the big bad guy, you know, wh- whatever it is, and then everybody like you know picks like an adjective. And then just to describe <laughs> Yeah, so okay, so it's, you a, it's pick, a scientist, you roll, it's roll a monkey Rand- scientist. Random roll they are. and phylum, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then so he says, Well, they're uh they're they're uh they're hateful. Oh, they're hateful monkey scientists. And somebody else gets to choose that an adjective. Uh that could be a, a fun campaign design. Yeah, and that would be that would be the, the big bad uh That's race that would be the one that caused the downfall. Like who well, caused this? I th- mine were of like they're benevolent-ish, I think. There's a point where I put what monkey are? Uh, the, the monkey scientists in mine. Okay. They're, they're, they're kinder, gentler of, monkeys. They're not sort the, of like they're you know they they're doing some questionably unethical experiments and scientists are want to do yeah 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 so messing with with plants and because they're just curious yeah they're that right they're george they 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 learn to use these tools (laughs) they just want to try stuff i got this opposable thumb i might as well do something with it (laughs) in fact i got them on my feet too about those old school systems and that's uh what it's um, Matt Matt Finch always laughed at me because I'd say playing with him in any convention game, I'd say, "Well, if I'm I'm rolling the dice in your game, I'm I'm losing. I'm not winning anymore." <laughs> so I feel like I try to avoid rolling the dice at all costs because that means I've talked my way out of it, or smarted my way around it, or you know figured out another way to bypass whatever trap it is, which I think is the benefit of some of those less um, skill based and older school systems that you can deal with. The yes, and I think I I enjoy characters that way. I think <clears throat> I think um, even though I don't think the system's great, uh, I think uh, Shadowrun does a good job with with those kinds of rules. Yeah, I th- I think Shadowrun def- definitely uh, gives some 
uh, lets you have that that sort of uh, a team face uh, role and, and use it yeah. in an effective way that that can convince people and change some things. And yeah, you just have way. money and you're very convincing. Uh, you can just start flying people left and right. Next thing you know, it's like, why am I fighting this guy? Why don't I just hire them? Yeah, yeah right. Like, listen, <laughs> listen, how much are you getting for that? I'll give you twice as much if you just hand over the data and we can call this a night. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was, my character was building a, uh, a, a, <laughs> playing, uh, last time I was building a, um, a, um, what do you call it? A, um, like a, a like a clothing line empire as he's going. <laughs> so, like, there's a bunch of people that were displaced and, like, well, now I have workers for my, for my factory. It's like, I'll pay you well. Now I've got people working and I would come across somebody that'd be a high end, um, uh, related to a very uh, uh, very prominent member of like Ari's, their child. Like, well, how about I pay you and you become a, a social media program? You know, as, as I was going along, <laughs> I was I was adding people. Uh, the revenue. That's the that's way you do it. That's the smart way. <laughs> and the, the problem was he ended up shooting once and I regretted I even pulled the trigger because I wanted to go the whole game. <laughs> have, you ever played, have you ever played Coriolis? I've I've seen it, but I haven't uh, played it my, myself. But it looks interesting. I mean, have you ever played any of the the Year Zero engine games? Um. So so yeah, like like Mutant Year Zero, I've played. Okay, so it's the same situation where you roll and then you can roll again, but if you roll again, it creates some sort of complication. Yep. And so for the and for the um for the years for the Coriolis, it's praying to the icons, but that brings darkness which can be used against you and this one guy i was listening to today said he played a character that was going to be the atheist or a, a, a practical atheist but we wanted to play him as the very end when things got desperate then he would <laughs> finally do it but he tried the whole time to not do that I think that's kind of fun where you can you can take the mechanics of a game and the the and still not fight against it but kind of use it in a very like fun lean way in, lean into it in an unexpected manner yeah 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 that is clever. I did like um, you talk about mechanics as as like a force of the role play. I, I really liked the the first one ring system that came out uh, by Google I never 7. played it. It like forced to be successful in combat. You needed to have people in all of these dis- different stance roles, uh, like sort of covering each other's back. Um, so so if your party didn't work well together, they they got cut down a lot a lot more quickly. And if they all jived and were like watching out for each other and 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 using their shields to block blows for each other, like they they could be super effective. Which I which I really like that that it like emphasized some of that that team play. Right, I I think that is you're right. That is kind of the uh, it, it probably a little bit more realistic as far as a group together rather than just people just randomly just you know going uh, uh, Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's like 5e is, is like that, right? It's just like grand melee. Everybody's thrown in. You're hitting your buddies. You're hitting anybody. You're just chopping. But so I like I like those systems that uh, can can adjust with that and make you be a little bit smarter about how you're playing if you if you get the strategy. Oh, I, I told you it was going to happen. You, you predicted it. You summoned them. <laughs> the uh, so I guess when you played Traveler. Uh, what kind of campaigns did you play? 
So I, I got stuck running a lot. So one, they turned into a merchant marine campaign pretty pretty quickly. Um, one, a couple were like corporate corporate espionage sort of games that I I had written, where like you know one corporation was trying to take over a sector and get some resources, and they wanted either a you know a rival corporation would, would get involved and ask them to either make raids or do, do stuff like that. That was that was pretty fun. Uh, and then lots of weird uh, Xeno encounters as you're drifting through space uh, between between systems. Yeah, I think that's one thing, at least the earlier version of Traveler just didn't do very well is with the creatures. At all. Like you were like, where were they? <laughs> it, it, but you'd see some of the art or discussion of it like on a planet. So it's, I don't know, at very young ages, like, well, that, that could just be in space, right? Or right. What if what if there's... Like, I don't know how many times as a kid we ran into the the same old like zoo ship run amok uh, floating oh, around. Oh, that in space. would be fun. Well, it's like you know classic Star Trek, right? Like yeah. Some su- super smart guy with way higher tech level is like, I have my zoo ship, and something goes terribly wrong, obviously, and then yeah, so you adventure ensues, which is fun too, because then you could just have like like all right, it's a you know like a aquatic creature right next to some fire creature. Uh, it can be a lot of a lot of fun and unexpected uh, encounters with stuff like that. Yeah, I we never played with creatures, and I think it's just because the rules would just say flyer or or grazer. Or it's just like, it's like yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like there's nothing cool like, about this. Might, like, you're like you're like won't eat me, might eat me, definitely yeah. gonna try to eat me. Those are the three the three traveler car- character uh, creatures uh, sections. So you you played when you're younger. Do you ever play when you're older, or like what was the cutoff for a traveler? I think the so the last one we ran was a, a mongoose traveler. Um, I'm trying to even remember what the plot of that one was. It was like people wanted to play, and it was like an off night game. Like it was a game that, in case the regular DM was was out, so we had made the, a traveler game to pick up for that. Um, and it was they were, but they're all old school players, so it was like they were mapping out new skills with their time spent between system, like which you never see people raise skills in traveler, and they'd be like, "Yep, I got this up a point." Um, but they were doing uh, lots of like random missions at places and running into trouble and just kind of get getting out dealing with you know local crime uh, they were trying to uh, merchant marine it a bit too trying to, to chase things but uh but that group they had they found a tank somewhere that they managed to repair so they would nice. often try, try to um go to places like like small uh backwater planets where there was a war <laughs> <laughs> and like and like hiring out but you know right to, to, to one, one side kind of like yeah, every, the, the line of blind people the one-eye man rules so yeah like me sufficiently in, low enough tech we yeah in the tank. line of in the line of you, you know muskets the hover tank rules it's like <laughs> just the sight of it would end fights i'd be like all right well you you win but that ended up backfiring on them at the end, eventually because as things always do with players well, you know, it's it's because I think it's probably always easy to find somebody that will like, you know, go into a group of D and D. I mean, that's that seems to be like the like uh, 
that's where everything wants to go to. It's like the uh, like gravity pulls to that point. But to actually find a group of people like yes, you travel or let's let's go all out. It's like it's it's not always easy to find. And we had people like pushing a couple of people push the limits with character creation too because they were like just trying to get some rank in the navy or something and would be like all right well that guy's bit it i'm gonna have to start again or this character is so old and decrepit at this point they're just useless uh, so <laughs> but traveler's funny too you're like so i think of it as like traveler you're like starting your adventuring career at my age now right like you're like all right uh, i'm sick of working let's let's cash yeah. out go to spaceship share and get the hell out of here Hopefully, or you just roll vac suits, you know, three times and you muster out with a blade. <laughs> that was the steel black books were that way. Like, <laughs> vac suit. <laughs> I was the Marines just to get vac suit and a blade. <laughs> vac suits are expensive. That's right. <laughs> the, the two don't mix well either to, together. So no. Like, oh, no, I got my own my vac suit. Or you just maybe just murder people with vac suits with your blade too. That's just uh I don't know. I just I just find I think I think there was so much, you know, with the original traveler. I mean, there's so much that would just so right, but boy, you get these characters behind you're like, I don't understand what you just did here, Mark Miller. <laughs> I, I feel like he it, it would have been better if he had done like what Star Wars did and had character like archetypes for each. Like, oh, you want to be a high guard? It's right. this. You want to be this? It's this. Yeah. Um, and maybe start out with, I think Mongoose, I think, you know, people, you know, I don't know, probably people have different feelings, but I think there's a lot of things that Mongoose did right with with the changes they made. Yeah. It's it, it's imminently more playable. <laughs> like, that's, that's why we used that system. It was like, oh, like, this is nice. I remember finding it at Gen Con and was like, ooh. I'm really quite excited. Yeah, I was I was looking. So GURPS has a lot of traveler books uh, that they did. I'm not sure. Sh- and uh, and uh, Far Trader and a few others. It gets really gets really into some pretty cool but complicated stuff. And I was kind of flipping through there. And eBay, they had like the GURPS traveler for like $14 or $15. I almost bought it. It's like, no, I'm not going to play GURPS traveler. No, that's the thing right you're like Ooh. that's why it's, i do try to do it with kickstarters so i'm like all right i'm gonna do like two kickstarters this month that's all back i gotta like spend my slots and we're all just be like oh that looks kind of cool i'll read that i'll read that so when you buy so i'm finding for me for kickstarters my my reasons for or what i back is is different now than it used to be do you <clears throat> Not to leave the, the the witness, but um I tend to, you know, used to be kind of stuff I I realist I thought I could would be running. I still pretend I will, I think with these, but I'm also tend to look at things I can also um get ideas from both from the content and from the layout. Yeah, for sure. And to see the artists that they're using and how they yeah. jived with certain things. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like a lot of them I do I pick up a lot of zines that same way and to just because I want to see how they did it see what, what what's in there see what they what they created like one that I the WHPA Fairhaven channel 13 have you seen that one that no really good I recommend that one it's your um 
you it's a, a whole game but like old school style system you put your uh you're a tv host for a public access uh channel so you've got your show and then you're basically solving mysteries and it's it's really well done though but that's why i grab it right because i'm like this looks and that was i saw the cover i was like what oh that's, nice that's so amazing but so but same thing like i grabbed that because i was like that looks neat i'll probably never get a chance to run it i'm trying to cajole people i know into running it so i can get in on a game at least. <laughs> yeah they, there are professional gms out there yeah, you might be able to find one to pay <clears throat> i don't know if they'd have access to i don't know if they'd be willing to run the weird heroes of public access role play <laughs> there, there's there's some people there's some people that i think that i think i don't know but i believe there's some people out there that that are probably would um, but i don't know you got to find them and then you know cough up the funds i think if i paid for a game too my expectations would be much higher it yeah it probably depends how much you're you're That's a good question. No tire. Probably just depend on how much I paid. Because you just look at your hourly rate. So you're if like, you're paying five, if you're like if you're giving them five bucks, it's fine. you're just buying them a couple sodas. That's not, yeah, exactly. No it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come down too hard. But yeah, but if, if you're giving them like a, a hundred bucks, like I, I want to see some premium visual, premium visuals and, and something tangible. Yeah, I get to hold. Like I want to see, uh, see that reactor pod. That, oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree, and I, and it, it does seem like. I've never. Have you ever looked at the any of the discords or anything else? See what people charge or pay for that. I I don't. Every once in a while, you see the people posting up about it, and then you know, like getting hate from other random people for no reason, and then I hate because they're they're taking money yeah, from it's because they're charging money, which is like you know filthy. what? <laughs> if someone's paying for you, the, the, the good for you. You managed to sweet. I would rather be running Dungeons and Dragons games all, but then the worry is. Wouldn't it become feel like it would start to feel like work? You'd be like, "Oh shit, honey, I gotta go. I gotta yeah D&D game at four. Oh, back to the grind." Well, <laughs> somebody at work was stating that there's like he looks for these like work opportunities, uh, especially work camping, and it was in Hawaii, and they want somebody to uh, I think homeschool their kids for a certain amount of time, or whatever. But you know, but the thing is, is like if if you spent the money for tickets to go to Hawaii and you're at somebody's home and you have to deal with somebody's kids, that may that be sounds, a nightmare. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> they're they're willing to get hired on to do that. I'll I'll give you my number after this. You can <laughs> they can camp in my backyard all summer if, as long as they're watching my kids. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of funny, but no, I I agree. If people get angry and upset, and I'm like, it just. Maybe it's jealousy. I get it though. Like, it, there's some instances. Like, I could see, you know, you're 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 40 years old or whatever. You you want to, like, you you have some nostalgia with your buddies and you want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you you do want to hire someone to just do it for you and appear with an adventure and characters and ready to roll. Like yeah, that, that makes some sense to me. I'm not sure how big a market there is for it, but I think there's quite a bit big market for that. So maybe we're missing out. Uh, well, yeah, but I got to be a good GM. That's the problem. <laughs> or I could hire somebody. Yes, I could hire somebody. <laughs> I'm told I'm a good GM. I, I have a good time usually. I've only made a couple people cry. Well, I found to me the secret of being a good GM is having good players. <laughs> well, yeah, any any uh, 
any table with with great players is obviously more. It's I, I think uh, what was it? Your, your last guest said it when she's like it, that system would work with the right table. Like right. any system works with the right table of people who have the buy in to 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 make it work. It's gonna work then, but. You know, right, because the best system to roll that you love, it can be just such a dud, and and well, likewise you can play the most broken nonsense, and everybody's just laughing hysterically. Yeah, so I think it 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 really does depend on your group. It's not you; it's your players. It really is. Just you just you get a good group of, group of people, and you just don't get in the way. That's your number one goal: just don't get in the way of whatever that whatever that magic that's happening. Yeah, not saying no is the one that I, I very rarely tell the players no. Like, I'll sure you want to try that. Well, what I will usually do if they want to do something, I found is there's I always say there's a chance. Yeah, and said, so, but we're here's here's a six sided die. <laughs> what is so six I, means you succeed. One this ends with your death, and uh, two through five is somewhere in between. I was running um a game today so i was running an, an osc game for these uh like 10 to 12 year olds today and one of them was was there they're headed to the island of isle of dread so they were they saw a ship of cultists with a bunch of undead and one of them says I, I, let's i'm going to shoot at them and the others are going no 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 they don't seem to be bothering us we need to just keep moving <laughs> we need to keep moving so it's you know the same the same way but it, it's Fun, fun to see the the differences when you're running <laughs> like a good group and it takes all it takes is one one kid with a bow to I do and everybody's my dead. arrow <laughs> when they're not looking i pull out my bow and i shoot them yeah 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 he was but that he that one they've they they're the half of the party has a over under pool that he's the he's the first death he's the first one to, to lose a character this season so this this session yeah so. it's funny because i ran some for a number of kids um and it was odd the one there's one who would take all these crazy risks and things would go bad but he was happy with it yeah and there could be a sibling who is deathly afraid of anything bad happening to their character when you know really all it is is just barkings of pencil on a piece of paper like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it truly is, right? I think that's the benefit of like playing with your siblings with the old school systems is like your brother was dying to chop you in half with with something when he was the DM. Yeah. He was was like, yes. You're like, oh, oh. I spent two years with that character. You just killed him. But we've 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 done some rambling off of your your Kickstarter. I guess how long is your Kickstarter going before we we go too far off the? So as of today, we've got uh, two more weeks. We end on the twenty eighth. We're going pretty strong now. Uh, Hoping to get up there for backers. Two hundred would be great. Um, And then expect to see a second mutant crawl classics in a Quonset hut. uh, Coming after this one. Um, and then we we have a few other things in the pipe as well as some some X crawl stuff that we're looking forward to. Yeah, and it's it's hard. Uh, I know when I did uh, Gary's appendix, it seemed like it was pretty steady as far as backers going, but Thane hit <laughs> hit that stretch of like over a week, where it's just getting pretty pretty bleak. <laughs> going in the negative a day or two, it's just like oh no, wrong direction. 
I have, uh, yeah, and I think that's why, like, that's why we do this stuff, right? Like, get out there, let people know what we're about, what we're doing. Yeah, well, um, you did. You're doing a better job of marketing your stuff than I did for mine. This one we're we're on, and the past ones I've just been like, we should do like talks and podcasts and like shares like, and and then you know, that that's the extent of what we did was talking about what we should do. <laughs> but, but I <laughs> kind of got off my butt and, and been hitting people up this this time, to get out, trying to get out there. Yeah, um, it's definitely. Uh, I think it's it's also great you have two people doing this. It's just that you know when you're not even just two people, one person. It's like everybody has their things they're comfortable with. Everybody has their their strong points, and people also have those those areas that are just difficult. And uh, I'm not really good about marketing. That's just definitely something. Um, but but getting out there is important because getting people to hear people to see it all, all adds up in the long run. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And, and people hearing about it or hearing something that we're saying about our adventures, that, that sounds like something that they jive with and hopefully they'll back us. Uh, take a look at what, what the stuff we're doing. Um, I can tell you it's everybody who's played has had fun, even at the game hole con when um, they, one of the players almost overloaded the reactor and blew up the whole place so uh, the other player with that, of course, with the party, the other player manages to stop the reactor from blowing, but barely. So it electrocutes a random room. That room is, of course, the room all the other players are in. <laughs> Open on the table, rolls, and like, it's just, so it's, I mean, this adventure is just, it's, it's a blast. People have had a lot of fun playing it, so. Well, I'll definitely have to uh, uh, <clears throat> look out for your games uh, next year at Game Hall. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like uh, with the same thing. There's there's people's games that you have. I have like a running list of people I'd like to to play with, and I try to check off at least one of them every convention of like guys I know, guys whose products I've seen, kind of thing that you wanna you. It's wanna... it's hard. I I found that you know with a lot of people, it's like you only you only get like a game. Yeah, one of the church. It's like yeah. I'm like but between running and everything. I'm like I I get it. I get a game. That's so yeah, and you're part I, of the uh independent um uh gamer or that no, I forgot the acronym. Yeah, the independent publishers union. That yeah, a bunch of us just kind of splitting the table table costs. So yeah, so that's been good. And you guys have had a, a pretty strong presence. And I'm sure just there's a lot of cross-pollination going on when you're a group of people right there. Oh yeah, like so like I think I did all of Skeeter's maps for the, the valley at a time that he just is just in layout and Rocky's doing his layout. So it's like, like there's, it's a little incestuous maybe, but yeah. we, we help each other out when you're looking for, um, you know, looking for maps, looking for materials. I think we've all of us between Levi and myself have written stuff. I have something in one of Levi's phylacteries that's uh, like an, an homage to Levi and I talk about Arduin a lot. So it's sort of an homage to, to one of my favorite Arduin things. I wrote, got to write an adventure for his phylactery and that, which was a blast. So too. what is one of your, your uh, favorite Arduin things? Uh, so I, I like the, the, there's a dwarven hammer that um, is basically like can, can eat away ground just chomps through the uh, ground and can crack and make fissures and stuff like that so so my adventure idea was and, and Levi's is it's 
this kingdom that's a mountainous kingdom that experiences avalanches every, you know, every spring. Um, so they have a dude who just, that's, that's his gig. He's an old retired adventurer with an artifact hammer and they go and have to, uh, have him clear the avalanches with this artifact hammer. So the adventure is he wants basilisk oil to rub into his hammer because his hammer is refusing to do work until it gets properly oiled. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got to go squeeze some basilisk oil to to please it. But but that's my that was my like my tie into Arvin was it's you know basically a, a similar item kind of thing. Like you a premise. Well, what's like, interesting is somebody on the podcast I can't remember who was talking about somebody playing a game where they almost they broke as a player because they had a hammer that could like dig trenches and that's just they just were able to <laughs> that, that might be that might be that one but repeated uses can break it i mean it, it is it is an artifact it's not to be handed out lightly but i always really loved arduin from the first ones i i found that had like those item cards with clearly a cylon in the back and, uh, and a laser <laughs> rifle i was like what am i looking at and this is dungeons and dragons so my first Arduin buy was a you know an antique store grab for uh, the guy. I was like, oh, it's missing its back cover. You can have that one with those two X Men comics for you know two bucks. You're like, oh, it's <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, for real though. You're like, you're like it was that that was a, what a great purchase. I spent many an hour in that book. Yeah, it's it's I've I've not really uh, more lately I've been able to see some of the the product, but I was not really too aware of it other than maybe some of the covers. So it looks like Emperor's Choice or the people the people who own the license now. It looks like they're trying to do do some stuff with it, which could be super cool. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 Yeah, I think they are. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what they come up with. Yeah, it's because there's some rich, rich IP there. Everything you know. Flying sharks and it's 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 the way to go. Before it's, Sharknado was cool. Before yeah, <laughs> Dave Hargrave was what years ahead of his time. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's very cool. Well, um, yeah, I think we're hitting the the time space continuum. At least I, my voice is. And I appreciate you uh, letting us share, and uh, hopefully we'll get to game soon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, it, say game hall con next year so uh, i'll definitely be seeking out the your game so uh that sounds like a lot of fun so anyway oh. well, good luck with your kickstarter mister yeah we have, we appreciate it you have a really good night take care <laughs>